If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. On third and ten, Rivers pass a little wobbly. It's intercepted. Picked off by C.J. Henderson. The young man they took with the ninth overall pick. We need more of that, C.J. Henderson, former Florida Gator. We'll see if it happens in his sophomore season here in the NFL. A lot of questions around C.J. Henderson from year one, and especially with the addition to Tyson Campbell in the draft. What does it all mean? Camp battles cornerbacks. That's where we go today after we did safeties and defensive line and wide receiver already this week. I think tight ends might be coming up on Monday as we get ready for training camp 2021. Uh, There is news out of the Jacksonville Jaguars when it comes to a couple of their cornerbacks and also some other position players. And the news is this, Jake Luton, we had heard, was uh, going to be on the COVID-19 list. Well, in addition to that, today the Jaguars announced C.J. Henderson and Luke Barku also on the list. Uh, The team also placing Leon Jacobs on the PUP list. That's a physically unable to perform list. And Dylan Moses is on the active non-football injury list. That news kind of trickled out a few days ago. A promising linebacker, though, uh, from Alabama, but has... You know, coming off a big knee injury, kind of figured that would be a work in progress for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Moses put on the non-football injury list, active list. Uh, So a couple of moves and transactions made uh, by the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars here today as camp starts uh, now in what? Just a few days. Players will report on Tuesday. Wednesday will be the first camp practice. I'll remind you like I did yesterday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday next week, open to the public, but you got to register jaguars.com slash training camp. In fact, registration open today for season ticket holders, and then you'll be able to go to three more sessions the following week, August 6th through the 8th, culminating in the scrimmage at TIAA Bank on Sunday, August 8th. Brent Martineau along with Marcel Robinson uh, here filling in for Austin Lane. He's got fight night tomorrow night in Orlando. He's got weigh-in like just about right now. Beautiful thing for Austin. He doesn't have to worry about Mm (laughs) weigh-in. He can eat whatever the heck he wants. He's about 245 pounds, and he's got about 20 pounds to play with, I think, uh, which usually makes him the undersized guy in his heavyweight matchup. Right. But uh, quicker, better shape, and uh, hopefully that wins the day on uh, Saturday. I told you I was going to tell you a little bit of a restaurant story. Last night, uh, we get into Alpharetta. I drove through the day and obviously did the show here in, a, in the Atlanta area yesterday. And uh, Ty and I went over to this park, beautiful park, by the way, and uh, uh, they had some batting cages, and you know he had to play this morning, so we got some swings in. And uh, we're leaving, and it was around you know time to grab something to eat. And so I, I said to a guy who also was kind of throwing – uh, some BP earlier, I said, hey, uh, any good restaurants to eat around here? And, uh, you know, just within a, a couple miles. And, and the guy, I, I, can, I have to, like, explain this in an illustrative way. I mean, the guy, his face lit up. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, then he goes on to say, I mean, he was so excited. Like, I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. I can't wait till it tells me which place to go. And he's like, if you go right out of the park, and you go to the light and take a left and then take another right. 
there's a Chick-fil-A. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, get him out of here. And then he's like, then he's like, and there's a Wendy's right there. Oh, my gosh. He's definitely <laughs> not a local. I was like, what are we doing here? He, he I was like, I want this here. local spot. Now, I will say this. He did give us a local spot as well. That He said there's also this, uh, I don't even know what we went to, Taco Mac, I think he, it was called. And so he did say that, and that was more of a local place. It's like the sports bar. That's where we ended up. But until, I was That's <laughs> unacceptable. I was like, this guy got so excited. That he was about to tell me, man, there is this local place that you are just not going to find anywhere else, you know? <laughs> and he goes, he's dropped Chick fil A and Wendy's on me. Uh, it was hilarious. That's was, borderline whoop. offensive, by the way, because <laughs> I, I know for a fact that every small town in Georgia, when someone asks you where you want to go to eat, no one mentions any of the fast food chains. If you come to folks in Georgia and say, hey, where can I get some food, good food? They're going to say, MR chicken. Or they're going to say Quick Chick. No one's get, or the Okie Finoki restaurant. Nobody is saying McDonald's, Burger King, Sonic, or whatever. That's just that's yeah. offensive. I'm, he, yeah, he he must be from Tennessee or something. And by the way, we like we we frequent Chick Fil A and Wendy's, <laughs> but I can find them anywhere. Unacceptable. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was really funny. I mean, it was a little bit you had to be there, but this guy, his face lit up, um, and and all for Chick Fil A. And uh, Wendy's. Brett Martin, Marcel Robinson, Casey here to finish off a week. Hope you're having a good week, everybody. Uh, the final Friday before no football. How about that? Oh. Uh, we've got camp coming up next week uh, here in Jacksonville, and it, it should be a lot of fun. All right. You have that uh, depth chart right in front of you, I think. Uh, the, the the roster might be sitting on my seat. I do. I don't know which seat you're in. I have but uh, list the cornerbacks that are on this roster. You usually go camp with a bunch of corners. So uh, there, there's gonna they're plentiful in name, right? But let's take a look at the camp battles we're about to uh, see coming up in the next couple of weeks when it comes to the corner position. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll say uh, we'll just, I'll just go by name um, for starters rather rather than presumptive depth chart. Um, obviously we've got C.J. Henderson, uh, Sidney Jones got got some significant playing time last year. Uh, incoming presumptive number one Sha- Shaq Griffin. Chris Claybrooks also, uh, the two incoming guys from the University of Georgia, DJ Daniel and Tyson Campbell, uh, Jamison Houston, Luke Barku, Trey Herndon, and Corey Strauder rounding out the list. Okay. That's, uh, might have to do some who, who are these guys <laughs> in camp, right, uh, a little bit. Well, so here's the deal. Yep. Right, the, the attention has been around Shaq Griffin, right? Uh, who obviously is a starter on on the outside mm-hmm. because of the money they paid him, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully he delivers. That will be a big thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars in their secondary if he lives up to the paycheck. Right. Uh, then the the real the fascination here is C.J. Henderson, who by the way just went on uh, the COVID nineteen list today, just came out in the last fifteen minutes. We told you about it, mm-hmm. and Tyson Campbell, the thirty third overall pick out of Georgia which raised some questions. I was like, what are they doing? Is this a depth play? Can he play nickel? Are there concerns about C.J. Henderson? And while Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke in front of the microphone countless times right around draft time said, no, man, we, we love C.J. C.J.'s doing well, gave good progress reports on C.J. Uh, you can never have enough depth. We think you can do a lot of different things. Uh, they think Tyson Campbell, I think, can play that nickel spot and others. I don't know if all of us are convinced that everybody's all in on C.J. Henderson. But we have to go with what they told us, and it seems like they're going to try to find a way to play all these three guys together, Henderson, Tyson Campbell, and uh, 
Shaq Griffin. Is that the way you see it? Uh, no, actually. I think that they picked up Tyson Campbell, uh, to be on, honestly, as a maybe a borderline insurance policy, but also because I think I don't think they are sure about C.J. Henderson. I mean, I, I know that's what you know they've told us and everything, but um, I mean, look, there's been questions about C.J. Henderson basically, you know, since he went down with his injury, obviously. I don't know. I think they are going to f- try to find ways to play all of these guys, but if you ask me truthfully, I think by, we're looking at by a week. If they all stay healthy, um, I think Tyson Campbell probably gets more defensive snaps than C.J. Henderson by the time we get to week eight. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting league in the passing game. We know this. It's right. like 65% of the time where you're going to have three corners on the field most likely anyway. Sure. So, uh, but some of the people, you know, people have said, hey, Tyson Campbell can move all over, but they'll said, hey, you know, it's strength's really on the outside. So you got to you, you be really careful with rookies, I believe, especially young players, to put them in positions that they're, they're – they're not going to be at their best. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it before. Taven Bryant didn't work out. We saw it, I think, with Miles Jack a little bit. Didn't work out. You know, put them in the best position to be successful. Can Tyson Campbell play inside? Probably, yeah. I think he can. I mean, he's probably a very talented player, and, and you'll probably be okay. Is that where he's his best? That's what you have to ask a little bit. So uh, that will raise some questions and what they do in camp and how C.J. Henderson plays and how Campbell plays, how quickly he comes along will dictate uh, exactly what they decide to do. Uh, Trey Herndon is a fascinating guy. He played a bunch last year at the uh, other corner spot. Mm-hmm. This is a guy over the years, Marcel, that I heard could slide into that nickel spot and be okay. Uh, I think the old regime thought that he could do that if needed. Um, I wonder if this regime thinks that and where his skill set is. I think it was Shaq Griffin coming out of OTAs and mandatory minicamp who was really raving about Trey Herndon. You know, this is a smart guy out of Vanderbilt, quiet. Uh, He's now become a veteran player. He's played a significant amount of snaps. And I think it was Shaq who was asked, like, if there's one guy that's really turned heads, who is it? And that was Trey Herndon. I got to believe this regime likes Trey Herndon. I think so. I would agree with that. And truthfully, I like Trey Herndon too. I mean, obviously, I know there there were definitely some times when he was caught in in some unfavorable – positions and situations last year but I think by I think the hope in in the initial plan right now is for him to be that starting nickel uh corner going into the season and ho- hoping that he thrives there. I think he is a guy that can kind of move around obviously he got the experience on the outside um, I think moving inside the only only I guess you can call it question I have is you know sometimes that nickel guy gets caught covering these you know these big movable tight ends and with Trey Herndon being you know a shorter five eleven you know one hundred seventy five eighty pound guy I just wonder you know how, how he's going to manage and fare there but I think overall I think he, he's he's looked good in practice obviously like you said Shaq Griffin talks about him a lot of the coaching staff Tim Walton talks about him uh, Jaguars defensive backs coach. Um, I, th- I think he's a guy that they would like to solidify and really take that nickel spot, and I think they're going to give him every opportunity to do so, to be honest with you. So here's what else you have. Of course, uh, we just talked about Herndon. We talked about Tyson Campbell. We talked about C.J. Henderson. And, of course, we talked about Shaq Griffin. Mm-hmm. But then you have Luke Barku, who also went on the COVID-19 list today. Right. This guy was a sensation in camp last year, if you remember. Yep. Uh, this yep. is a guy in college, I believe, that got his hands on a lot of footballs and picked them off. Mm-hmm. And he was making some plays last year, too. 
And then I think he got a bit of a cup of coffee last year during the season, and it was less than impressive. Right. So Barku's a guy. Can he take a step? Can he grow? Or is he just a guy that we got excited about for a minute? I think that's a fair question when it comes to him. Chris Claybrooks was a seventh-round pick last year for the Jaguars. Played a little bit. And actually, at times, man, I think he acquitted himself pretty nicely. He flashed. Uh, yeah, he did flash a little bit. Uh, I don't know how what the confidence level of putting him out there on every play is. If someone were to go down, I think that you would think there would be a significant drop-off. But Clay Brooks, I believe, will make this roster and be a part of the rotation, given what he did a little bit last year. Here's another guy who really flashed last year, and people started to like, and that was Sidney Jones. Jones. Yep. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Sidney Jones definitely earned him spot a spot in the rotation last year, and like people were almost like, hey, bring that guy back. We want more of that guy, you know? And so Sidney Jones is, is on this roster. He has to impress this set of coaches. Right. But if he can pick up where he left off last year, Sidney Jones has a real chance to be part of the depth of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I think you almost have to pencil him in, in fact, uh, in, in one of the spots from a depth play. Yeah, 100%. I think Sidney Jones did a lot to help himself going forward last year. Truthfully, if you ask me, I would say he's 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 a lock for the roster, honestly. I think he's he's probably the first DB off the bench of your second wave. Um, I think he'll see a lot of snaps. Uh, again, like you said, this is a new regime, so basically for all these guys on the team, yeah, they have tape, but this particular coaching staff hasn't seen them in person, obviously, in game situations, so it's still a lot to prove in training camp and such. But I think that if Sidney Jones can continue – you know what he did last year. Obviously, he's got some experience. He's been in the league for you know a little bit. I think he he can definitely be a guy who can make a difference on this team in the cornerback room. Yeah, it's a veteran presence there. So you got Jones, you got Shaquille Griffin, you got uh, C.J. Henderson, uh, you got Tyson Campbell, and you got Trey Herndon. That's five guys. Yeah. Probably looking at maybe uh, the Bar- Luke Barku, D.J. Daniel, uh, Corey Strader. Mm-hmm. Those guys are on the roster of probably fighting for one spot. Yeah. Um, you know, and and who will get that? Uh, Clay Brooks, by the way, too. Sorry. Um, so he's in there. So maybe fighting for that for one spot. Special teams will come into play. So uh, that's really the nature. I like their depth. You know, I I like. I have question marks about C.J. Henderson. We don't have never seen Tyson Campbell take a snap. There's plenty of things to get excited about. I like Shaquille Griffin. I like him being the anchor back there in in the corner room. But I really like their depth. I really do. I like Clay Brooks and Barku and Jones and um, uh, who am I missing? I guess that'd be it. Oh, Herndon, sorry, and Herndon. I like the fact that these guys have played some games. I think there's some upside to these guys. I actually, if there's a position of depth, I think the off- offensive line has a little bit of that. Uh, I think the receivers that we talked about yesterday has a little bit of that. But I think the corners probably fit in that conversation where. I don't know if it's just because I know the names or it's because I like their games, but I feel okay about some of the depth that the Jaguars have uh, at the corner spot. I think it's probably a little bit of both, a little bit of name recognition, and you know, there, there, there's obviously some turnover every year, but we've got some guys that we've seen obviously make plays that, and I think probably surprises a little bit. Like I think we, you know, going into the season, obviously seeing these guys play, like nobody thought Sidney Jones was going to give us what he was going to give us. No one thought that Luke Barku was going to, you know. Uh, go from you know being a, a camp star to kind of a downtrend during the regular season. But a lot of these guys that we've seen come out here and, and put boots on the ground, I think that helps out a little bit. And I think that ultimately it, it's, like you said, it's a passing league. So you, know, you can never really have enough corners. And obviously it's unfortunate, but 
you know, some of these guys are going to get hurt, you know, so ha- having these amount of people or players that are, that are available, I definitely think will help. Um, as far as the excitement level, uh, I mean, it's, it's still tough because, you know, you still got to see it. Obviously everything's different, you know, di- you know, overall different scheme, different coaching staff, you know, the, the entirety of this, the team is, is kind of different, but in terms of guys, you know, we have a nice balance of young guys and veterans, which is definitely you know something different than we've seen in some of these other rooms, like the receiver room being young uh, prior to, you know, obviously Marvin Jones getting here. Brett Martineau, Marcel Robinson. Uh, the one last thought here on the corners. I think CJ Henderson is a big player not only in the secondary for this year, but a big player in the turnaround of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like Caleb on Chason kind of fits this as well, especially since they struggled a bit at times last year and year one, their rookie seasons. But keep in mind, the Jaguars had multiple picks in the first round this year and last year. Mm-hmm. ETN and Trevor. We like that. We especially think Trevor's going to work out. I think there are so many positive things about ETN now that they made the pick the way they did. I'm not sure many people would have thought they would go that way, but now that they did, there's plenty to get excited about and also see what they could do. C.J. Henderson and Caleb on Chason, they have to deliver. They, If this organization's going to turn around – you can't waste two more first-round picks, not when you had two in the top 20. Like, those guys are so critical. And maybe they're not, like, Hall of Fame guys. That's not what I'm saying. They have to be part of this team. They have to be contributors. They have to produce. They cannot be busts. Or this is a slower turnaround than they're going to want it to be. Because it really started last year. The roster building of what we have now in Jacksonville started last year, even though it was a different regime. And, yeah, it's easy to say, well, it was on Caldwell. It was on whoever. Well, you can say that all you want. But the bottom line is that doesn't help you get better faster. You are rooting for those picks to do well if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan because it's vital that you didn't swing and miss again on first-round picks. So I think those guys are super critical. Again, I'm not saying they have to make it to the Pro Bowl this year, but they have to produce. They have to be reliable, and they have to show flashes of growth off that rookie season, which in many respects was disappointing outside of a couple of games, really, for C.J. Henderson especially, and it was disappointing uh, for Caleb Caleb Chason, uh, rated one of the worst pass rushers in all of football a season ago. Hey, we've got Green Day tickets to give away. We've had them all week long, so let's do it right now. Weezer, Fallout Boy, Green Day, a week from tomorrow at the bank. Caller number four right now, 904-362-9901. 904-362-9901. Caller number four winning tickets to the big concert next week at the bank. Green Day, Fallout Boy, Weezer. And uh, we're going to take a time out. Casey will uh, take care of the phones. Give a buzz, 904-362-9901 to win a couple of tickets. Remember, short show today, 445. We hand off to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Had a thought on a new rule change potential in Major League Baseball. We have that and a bow on the big stories of the day and week as we head into a weekend here on a Friday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Welcome back, Brett Morton in Atlanta and uh, part-timer today. It's not my doing. I would have been here until 6, but the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp rained out last night, so they got a double dip 
And you can hear it right here on ESPN 690. We'll hand off to the shrimp coming up at uh, 450. Uh, first pitch at 505. And that means we have to slide up our Florida Sportsman Fishing Report with Rick Riles. So let's welcome him in on a Friday right now. Rick, hope you're doing well heading into a weekend. Brent, I'm doing fantastic. What are you doing in Atlanta? Uh, we got one more baseball tournament, man. Uh, daughters in T- Chattanooga, Tennessee. Ty here is uh, playing a, a big tournament in Atlanta. So a few more days, and then it's off the football season. I got you. See, I was going to make a joke. I thought you might be at ACC Media Days, and I was going to say, well, that's kind of like minor league baseball. And- <laughs> 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 Sounds like a Gator fan over there. <laughs> What's happening on the water? What a great officer today. Uh, Navy veteran Rusty Perry with me, uh, along with my buddy Rob Allen, and they went three for five on sailfish. Uh, we had today actually fishing down out of Stewart, but back in Jacksonville, the news was pretty good too. Now, David Borey's reported a worm hatch, and when we get these worm hatches, the fish can't. And it really sort of slows things down a little. He didn't have quite the banner day he did yesterday. He did have some two to four pound flounder, a couple of trout, and a couple of reds, so it wasn't bad. Up off Jacksonville, the bottom fishing has been all mangrove snapper. Been good. It's been a very, very good season for them, both inshore and offshore. You got to watch out for the afternoon storms, and uh, it has not. We have not yet converted over to night fishing. The fish really haven't done much in the muddy water that we've had at night, so that may be a little while further into maybe into August before that starts. So right now, fish early, get home early before the storms start, and there's plenty of fish to be caught. That's awesome. Rick Riles, uh, we'll be looking forward to the show in the morning, 7 o'clock on ESPN 690. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Brent. You bet. That's Rick Riles, uh, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Check out the show in the morning as well at uh, 7 a.m. Brent Martin, no, Marcel Robinson in for Austin Lane. Fight night tomorrow, weigh in, just about happening right now in Orlando. So uh, we want to, uh, before I forget about it a little bit later, uh, of course, send uh, the best of luck to uh, Austin Lane tomorrow night uh, fighting down in Orlando. And uh, Casey told us the other day that Austin's a favorite. So we got that going for us. Give me Austin uh, TKO now, uh, in the second round. Yeah, there we go. I like that. that uh, I remember the last fight Austin was in, I think it lasted like less than two minutes. Yeah. I said, hey, man, I know that's a quick and easy day of work for you, and I know you got the dub, but I want to see a little bit more. That's, <laughs> that's too quick. So easy for me to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I will try to – I don't know exactly where to watch the fight. Uh, you're gonna, you can get it on pay-per-view somewhere. Uh, I know last time I watched I pay, had to pay like 10 bucks. I think it was, to see it. So it's really not bad. Um, so I will try to find that and share that on uh, social media. Uh, so if you want to watch the fight tomorrow night, I'm sure you probably are more savvy than me at trying to find it uh, nonetheless. A uh, couple more minutes to go here on the show. I did mention the Red Sox, good win last night. That is a beautiful thing. We did mention today a little baseball with Cleveland. They are going from the Indians to the Guardians, and uh, people will hate it, and then they'll love it, and it's just going to be what it is because that's what happens with name changes. Mm-hmm. But in the updates here today, did you hear the latest that minor league baseball is sampling and trying out for what could come in Major League Baseball, Casey has the latest on that. What is it? So, follow me here. 
Um, they're going to test this thing out in the low A California League, and so the catcher will wear an armband as they do uh, to see pitches that get called and whatnot. So in this wristband, there will be a transmitter, and they will hit a button, and there will be another one in the pitcher's hat. And when they hit said button, it will alert the pitcher's hat, and it will say something. It's a pre-recorded something. It's obviously not going to be like fastball because then somebody could hear that, but it could be like hamburger, and it could be in English or Spanish. The pitcher will hear that. The catcher knows what he called, and that's how they're going to do that. So thanks to the Astros for cheating and making everything difficult. <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting thing because the wristband way of numbers is, is really a softball thing, but it's starting to infiltrate some of baseball. Uh, and here's here's the thing. When it comes to pitcher and catcher signs, it's an art to steal signs. Right. And it's it happens. It goes on. People try it. If you're lazy about it, people will steal them. Uh, but it is not easy, and there is an art. And some teams actually assign one person to steal signs. That's what they do. Not just at the major league level or pro level. I'm talking at the collegiate level and even the high school level. So it happens. It's kind of part of the game. And especially with a runner on second base, you always see the guy go out, the catcher go out, they mix up the signs, might be the second sign, all this stuff. The softballers do the read off the, you know, the one, two, three, or five, six, four, or all this stuff. And my favorite part of the softball thing, guys, just as a little side note, because I watch a lot of softball now, it'll be like bases loaded, two outs, three, two. And the coach will be like, six, three, five. It's like, what the hell do you want the person to do? It's 3-2. Hit the ball. You go. You could, well, in softball, you can actually, oh, yeah, you can run on that pitch, too. You just can't lead. But there's no call to make. You're not going to bunt. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. so why are you telling me numbers? It's just it, there's some goofy parts of it. Sometimes I'm just like, what are you doing? I want to yell out, what number was that? Like, what does that mean? Hit? <laughs> you know? Oh, two count. What are you going to call? You're not calling a bunt. Yeah. There's nobody on base. <laughs> Three, four, six. Hit. Don't strike out. <laughs> you know? So it is kind of humorous at, at times, uh, at least at the softball level. I I don't know if I love this, um, but I don't think I mind it. I hate – I'm Casey, I, I know you're new to the show, but I'm not a big fan on a lot of the, the replay in baseball. I'm not a huge fan of the idea of – in fact, I hate – Absolutely hate the idea of computerized umpires. Hate it with a passion. Um, don't want it. Not any bit of me wants to see it. But this communication, I think I'd be okay with. This reminds me, guys, and does it do the same for you, of just the offensive coordinator talking to the quarterback? I don't know. I think I'd probably side with you a little bit. I don't mind it. Um, I think. I think, yeah, it's one of those things where – I mean, it's just the next big thing or the next thing to try to prevent people from cheating. But guess what? And about how long is it going to take for people to figure this one out? They're going to be doing the same thing, uh, you know, however many years down the line. Um, I don't know. I th- I, th- I think it's – it seems a bit excessive to me, honestly. I mean, it, it definitely – I mean, the more technological implements that you have in the game and the more chances you have for stuff like this to go wrong. I mean, once this system isn't working, then you're going to go back to the old way anyway, right? Yeah, well, I I will say this. Um, they haven't there haven't been too many things. They don't implement everything they try. Uh, this is 
of course, just happened in the minor league. So right. you wouldn't even notice, Marcel, if if they go back the old way. Right. It's happening in, like, the California League in Class A. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be like, oh, man, where did that go, right? You're only going to notice it if it starts going to all the other leagues and into Major League Baseball. And so I think I do like the fact that Major League Baseball does this. If they have ideas and they want to experiment, they used to do it, I think, uh, in the All-Star game with a lot of these types of rules. Yeah, they yeah, would yeah. try it out, and I think they might even still do that a little bit. But these more you know, wide-ranging and, and potentially polarizing new rule changes, they really do try them out at the minor league level. And, and I think that's a smart thing to do because they can see how it works, get through some of the bugs of it at a very low level with not a lot of eyeballs on it, not a lot of criticism to it. And it's, it's basically a testing site for Major League Baseball. So I don't think you'll see something where, hey, they're going to try this in the bigs and then they're going to take it away. Um, I just view this more as the middle linebacker having – you know, the ability to hear the, the call in his head um, just and the quarterback doing the same and then the communication shut off. Now, I don't think you will shut off the communication in Major League Baseball. Casey, you're a baseball guy. Would you mind it? If I was pitching, I would personally hate it. Well, uh, yeah, I th- that would take some of getting used to, right? That's true. Yeah, so I don't – I don't. Did I don't he say like hamburger or, a hamber- or hamburger with ketchup and mayo? Uh-oh. <laughs> That's it. So in that in that sense, I would hate it. Um, honestly, I think if the Astros don't pull off this huge cheating scandal, are we doing any of this? Yeah. Uh, I say no. I say well, no, too. Yeah, you're probably right, right? Because what this is doing is protecting, first of all, sign stealing has been a thing. I just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But what you're protecting is all the video capability. Right. See, the catcher delivering the signs is on video all the time, and then that is exactly what happened with Houston, right? The trash can stuff and, and everything else. And because the cameras are so good, and there are so many cameras, and you can, heck, you, you can get almost any bit of information you want if, if somebody's going to show it to you. So, uh, yeah, I would say no. But I, I, I don't know. Let's see how a way to put this, Casey. I think you guys are right. I think you're right. We wouldn't be here, especially so quickly, without Houston. I think that's factual. Uh, I just don't know if we never would have gone here. Because, again, the technology, the cameras, the everything is so readily available. And it's so in your face that I'm not even sure you really have to try to cheat that hard to be able to pull it off uh, nowadays because of um, uh, technology. So, uh, yeah, I I thought it was pretty interesting when you when you read that article and you said there was obviously English and Spanish. I would assume they would also put it in other languages like Japanese, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, you would think. Be, You'd have you know, to, right? I mean, you, whatever it takes. I mean, that part was probably pretty easy. Uh, but I wonder, too, here's one thing that baseball from a pace of play standpoint wants to eliminate, and they want to eliminate the delays in the game. Well, what if – like, seriously speaking, like hamburger was the word for fastball, but they they, they couldn't make it out. Like, it, they didn't hear it the right way. And then is that increasing pitcher and catcher meetings because they got to get on the same page? And it's like, hey, we got to check this transmitter. Is this working? Oh, forget to put a battery in today. You know, I think that's the fear of some of that stuff. But let's be honest. I mean, any kind of technology communication that's needed in sports today, we really don't have a lot of malfunctions with it. I mean, it's pretty clean. Uh, because the technology is just uh, that good. So we'll see if it takes off. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, from here. Uh, one other baseball note real, real quick. We did our trade deadline stuff yesterday. Casey, Nelson Cruz, man. You like it? Yeah. For Tampa. Um, well, yes, I did like it. You will you should probably buy Ty a boomstick jersey because those are going to be popular for three months. But 
Um, yeah, I like it. They they handicapped themselves a little bit. Uh, they didn't want to play Meadows in the outfield. Now you bring in Cruz, who physically cannot play the outfield, so you're going to have to put Meadows back in the outfield. So that was interesting. But then they go out today and trade Rich Hill to the Mets. Oh, they traded Hill, huh? Yeah, and they got nothing. They got nothing back. So I, it's probably to dump to clear the salary because you got to pay Cruz like five and a half the rest of the year, five and a half million dollars. But it it's confusing, but it makes me excited because there's got to be another move coming because you can't trade away one of your only reliable starting pitchers for not getting a pitcher. So we'll see what happens the rest of the week. All right. Uh, hey, coming up this weekend, Action Sports Shacks Primetime, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47. Marcel Robinson working on a story that we have on uh, uh, Tyler Waters, COVID-19 related, uh, and the battle he had to go through for St. John's Country Day. That will air tomorrow night at Saturday, uh, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47. Marcel, been yes, doing sir. yeoman's work. Appreciate you coming in. Just kind of a part-time day for you, man. Uh, you can call it that part-time radio full-time tv see everybody later on at 650 on cbs and fox or just fox 30 at 650 and then i'll see you guys later tonight come party with your boy yeah that's right go uh, see what you got a good outfit picked out tonight I'm come on now man. this is me i've always got a good every outfit i wear is a good outfit come on you've set the standard my backups are top notch are you ready to roll for football season next week marcel robinson because we're about to do some work I mean, I did have to show the football in my hand, so I would say I'm pretty ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get after it next week for sure. Jacksonville, we're off early today because the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, they are coming up here in just a few minutes for the pregame, and then 405, uh, excuse me, 505 is the first pitch. Doubleheader in Jacksonville. Get out and see the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp play all weekend long. Good work, Casey. Week one in the books, many more to come. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.